Good morning or good afternoon or good evening whenever you get this. Uh, I want to thank you for joining with us today. I'm speaking really from my heart today on a, a situation that I really wanted to share for a long time and I want to share it. But before that, um, I was just figuring out that I've been 61 years full-time ministry. I was in ministry before that, but not full-time ministry. That means sponging off of God and God's people. <laughs> but I want to thank you because your gifts, we, we never talk about finances, but your gifts keep us going. My dad said a statement to me. He said, Jim, uh, when you get out in the world, realize there ain't no free lunch. <laughs> Somebody's paying for it. But I'm just so grateful for those who have stood with us. But the sad part is, a lot of, you know, I've outlived a lot of them. And uh, just putting it out before you, if God has uh, laid our ministry on your heart and you would like to support us, uh, we're not against that, but we're not going to ask you either. But if God leads you to get this message into all the countries of the world, then we're grateful for you. just want you to know that. So thank you, because people could be faithful only so many years and then they die. So either I could die, then I have to worry, but right now I'm not ready to do that. Um, I would, um, you know, I it's like um, in the Cowboys, when they ride off into the sunset, uh, they know it's a sunset. And I know that I'm riding off towards a sunset. At my time in life, my age in life, and just things that are going on in my life, I can tell that the roundup is <laughs> down the road a ways, but it's coming. And uh, because of this, I took a brand new young man to disciple, which would be the very last person probably I'll pour that much time into, and he has a wonderful name, a very godly name. It's a Bible name, and it's the same as mine. It's this great name. His name is James, and he's got a cell phone, and somehow it's not working. Uh, and we're starting with him in the area of prayer, discipling him in the very aspects of prayer. But I'd like to share a prayer with you that I wanted to share with him, so I might as well share with you, and then he can write it down. It's one of the I, I hate to say beautiful, but it really is a beautiful prayer by Doug. What's the last name? Hammerschild. Hammerschild uh, wrote this prayer. And I want to sh share this prayer with you. And James can listen and write it down because he's going to start a, uh, writing insights into a, a notebook and stuff. Uh, but I want to read this prayer to you because when I read this, I've never read a prayer that spoke to me as this prayer does. It's, it's I, I call it absolutely beautiful prayer. So I will, there are four parts to it. And he says, God, give me a pure heart that I might see you. A humble heart that I might hear you. 
a heart of love that I might serve you and a heart of faith that I might abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Uh, you know, I grew up, and the only prayer I know is now I lay me down to sleep. Uh, and before I die, and as a little kid, I tried not to shut my eyes. <laughs> I didn't want to die <laughs> before I wake. Uh, but that was the only prayer I ever knew. But th this prayer is really <laughs> worth writing down and using it as your own prayer. It's very simple, but it's so beautiful to God. A pure heart that I might see you. A humble heart that I might hear you. A heart of love that I might serve you. And there's a lot of people that are serving God that could stand a heart of love. And then the last one, a heart of faith that I might abide in thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful, beautiful prayer. I, I want you to, to have that. As I've um, been looking over my life and and seeing, are there regrets? I mean, we all have regrets. Um, the, um, but there's a big regret. And it's not only a regret that I have, it's a regret that the church ought to have. And this is what, as I look back and I think, how I really missed it. So I want to go back many, many years, in fact, <laughs> quite a few years ago, uh, and I got a letter from the government. Uh, you don't ever want to open a letter from the government, and especially when there's a war, it's worse. <laughs> and they said, we want you, and I'm crying about, I don't want you. <laughs> but they wanted me, uh, and they told me to get my stuff together, and I was to go to a place, and I was going to meet a bunch of other guys I didn't know, and we're going to get on a bus and be inducted into the Korean War. So when we got there, and I'm glad that they told me that this was a war, it wasn't just you know, to go overseas and, and meet Orientals. Uh, but they, you know, I had to be trained. So they trained me. Why? Because they didn't want me to die. They didn't give me a box with you know, a rifle broken down and 50 caliber machine and pieces, you know, all of this stuff and say, I hope you make it. You know, there's, there's a book in there, rule book. And you, you go in there and you'll find the rule book and you read and they'll tell you how to put all this stuff together. Uh, and then by the time I got it all together, I'd be dead, uh, especially in the battle, trying to figure out what these things mean. But they were very careful of preparing me because they knew there was a war. And they knew I was going into the war. But as I think about me as a pastor, I really failed, and I failed a lot. When I got saved, it was wonderful. And the people that led me to Christ were wonderful. And the thing that they gave me that really helped me more than what they know was verses to memorize. I got a packet of them. But I, I can't memorize very rapidly. So, you know, I didn't get the packet and go through it in a week. Um, it was awful. I, I wondered, like 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 
There's no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, will not tempt you to be above what you're able with temptation, make a way of escape. They might be able to bear it. I think it took me four or five months to get that down as I'm going on hikes. I'm pulling the verse out, looking at it, put it down, and I forget, oh, what was that? You know, because it was King James, and I wasn't too much. We didn't talk King James in our house. And uh, so it was just, I mean, I just wrestled and wrestled. But the good part of it is that wrestling with that scripture helped me to deal with the enemy I didn't know was there. See, the truth will set you what? Set me free. I didn't know all of that. They never told me, yes, well, we want you to you know, join a group. But by the way, uh, there's a war going on. They didn't say, by the way, I'm going to be shot at, but, um, and I'm not going to understand what's going on because they didn't warn me. They didn't prepare me for what I was going to have to face when I joined the Christians. And I look back as a pastor how I failed leading people to Christ. Well, I dunked them. Oh, they got to get wet, you know, and so... I have favorite ways of getting them wet. I like creeks. I like rivers. I like lakes. But the best of all was in Maui. We led a lot of people to Christ. And in Maui, they have water there. It's called the ocean. So we go down to the ocean and we got these Christians. And I don't know if you ever heard Hawaiians sing hymns, but they have a special way of doing it. It's unusual. It's haunting and absolutely beautiful. So here we are on the beach and they're playing their stuff, not the ukes, but more guitars and that kind of thing, singing hymns down at the beach. And everybody is seeing these, well, what are we doing down there in this big circle singing? And then we're taking the people and drowning them in the ocean. <laughs> and so it was wonderful because the unsaved are coming up to see what in the world's going on. And they're giving their testimony that they found Jesus. It's the way, like John the Baptist, let me tell you, the people around John the Baptist, they got a testimony from those being baptized. But anyway, so we baptized, and I love that. It was one of the best baptismal services I've ever had because the people really were hanging on and listening because these are people like them. And it wasn't like in a building that they never went to before. But this was outside in the ocean. And we're dunking them um, like donuts, you know. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. I, I, I love that. But I still failed. I never told them, you know, um, yes, you've been baptized. You're in the church. You're now in a war. I didn't tell them they were in a war. And the sad part is that's why there's so many casualties in the church. They need a basic training. They need, if you're going to bring them to Christ, they need a program to understand what, what resources they have as a believer and that there is going to be somebody that's going to try to take them down. They need to know that. And that, that is so sad as I realize how many people, and I'm not the greatest soul winner in the world, but you can't be around the navigators and not be a soul winner or they and they take you out and shoot you and tell you, don't tell anybody that you're a navigator. <laughs> you know, because that's our, what we do. We go out and witness and share Christ. But that was where, and I know what kept me going was the verses. 
I would have been long gone because in the army, uh, they invited me to go to houses of prostitution. Well, I'm a new Christian, but I don't think Christians do that. Uh, you know, I haven't been to church yet. <laughs> I was drafted in the army. I hadn't got, I hadn't gotten, uh, you know, I, I even hadn't even got wet yet. <laughs> Later on, when I was going to go to Korea, I thought, well, maybe I should be baptized before I get killed over there. So I, I got baptized down in Texas. <clears throat> you get baptized in Texas, you got a real baptism of hell. For the Southerners, they really know how to do it up. But <clears throat> so I, I, I feel I failed. And if I was ever going to do anything again, you know, like a church, I would have, they would have to, I'm not saying that's the focus of the church is not the enemy, but the focus of the church is to prepare those who've come to Christ. What are their resources not to get defeated and pulled to pieces and all of that. And so that just, uh, that really grabbed me a lot. And I thought, how oh, I failed. Um, no one explained to me. So why would I even think about no one told me that, you know, when I got saved, I had an enemy. They didn't mention it. But I just want to read to you Ephesians uh, 6, uh, which is, he talks about, he says, uh, and I thought it's interesting, uh, in, this is the, what do I call it? This is one of the, uh, the New Living Translation. And it says here, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Why? See, why? See, Paul was saying we're, we're losing too many in the church. Too many are being carried off. Too many are being defeated. Too many are not making it in their Christian life. And so you need to understand about the battle that you're going to be having when you become a believer. Put on all God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of this, put on the armor of God and so on and stand firm as you're coming under attack and so on. So what I want to do, and I'm not sure how we're all going to do this and how long it's going to play out, but what I want to do is I, I was, I have um, notebooks all around me in my office. It looked like something exploded and maybe there's a dead body under all these notebooks, but I just got all my notebooks that I put together on spiritual warfare. And there are hundreds of pages. And the problem with some, and even probably my teaching of spiritual warfare is it's too much, too fast at one time, and I walk out and go, that's good, that's neat. But I don't remember a thing. Th there's so much that it just didn't click. It's just that there's a battle and what all the armor is and all this stuff. So 
I've been praying and God has really been speaking to me that I would just take one major attack of the enemy each time we meet. And let's just look at it. What, what is that attack? What does God say how to deal with it and go on? We can't go into everything because we're not going to get into the occult and all that because basically we're talking about normal people and normal people aren't people that are in the occult. Uh, and that those are more difficult and all, but just regular people that become believers have entered in a battle. The enemy is attacking them. They don't know what's going on. They don't know why they're having these thoughts and all of the stuff that I'm confused. I don't get it. You know, I'll go back and sit in church. Maybe I need to put a dollar in the offering instead of making change, you know, or whatever. But somehow I, I've got to, there's something I'm missing in this because I did receive Jesus, but this needs to be added. So this has been really on my heart. Um, you know, as, as I'm riding off in the sunset, what's the one thing I want to leave? I want to leave a simple warfare thing, not complicated. We can complicate it. You ought to read my notebooks. I mean, the six notebooks, one of them is that thick on warfare, and that's just one. When you read all of that, when you get to the bottom, you're going, wow, I'll, I never could do it. You know, because we're talking about I have all Neil Anderson's notes from teaching at Biola. I have Fred Dickinson's notes at teaching at and moody and i have you know these just their notes in the class of teaching and that's heavy duty stuff plus all the other heavy duty stuff i have on books and all that kind of stuff so i want to make it simple that i can understand who i am and i can recognize what's going on and i can tell when i'm under attack because the scripture says resist the devil and he'll flee but what if i don't know I mean, I'm having this confusion and all this stuff going on. And I was never told that that I'm in the army and they never told me how to shoot a gun or put a machine gun together, which I had to learn because I never shot anything. You know, I lived in Los Angeles. So if you shot anything, you'd be arrested, <laughs> even a bird, any, you know, a BB gun or whatever, just were not allowed. So I knew nothing and I had to learn. But I was so glad they taught me because obviously I didn't die in Korea. In fact, God was so good to me. He said, Logan, you're so such a lousy shot. You're not going to Korea. <laughs> you're a medic. I want you here stateside and do the medic with Korean guys that are wounded and come back and so on. So I never got overseas, but I was prepared. And I did know there was a battle. I wasn't surprised if I got off the plane. I said, what's going on here? The shooting. <laughs> you're, you're in a battlefield. What? <laughs> I, I accept Jesus. You know, Jesus has little children. <laughs> what do you mean? What is going on here? You know, this is not what I signed up for. I'm having struggles with my thinking and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, pray about this because it's been so much on my heart just to have a very simple warfare, because even my book can be complicated because it goes in so many areas. And I don't want it complicated because complicated, then I don't do it. But just simply be able to, you're seeing your kids, there's some prayer that needs to be done. Something is not right. I can, I can smell it. You know, Something's not going right. Or in our marriage, you know, I can begin to pray for that or the marriage of my children or whatever. 
that I can be really enlisted in, in the tools that God has given us because he tells us in Ephesians that we're to resist the schemes and the plans of the enemy. Why are your temptations so difficult? Because they're your temptations. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I don't have Paul's temptations or my secretary. I don't have her temptations. I've got plenty of my own. <laughs> but we all have our own battles. We all have areas where we're vulnerable and we have to be careful because the enemy knows where to go. He strategizes to keep me defeated. He doesn't want me, you know, to follow him and be this uh, occultic whatever. Somebody's looking at us, just looking that we would be just defeated. Uh, the sort of almost normal Christian, just sort of defeated. My family's not going right. Our marriage is struggling. You know, it's just like on every hand and I'm just down and discouraged and all. So you pray <clears throat> for us that as we put this together, and I can tell you the first one, I've already got the first one already worked out and I was so excited and enjoying it. I mean, you should see me. I have a better time in preparing this stuff up and I do share it with you, I get excited. But I was going through, the first one I'm gonna do is being, um, what's, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, deceived. That's the very first one we're going to deal with, deception. How, how do I deal with deception and how do I know I am deceived? Because when I'm deceived, I usually don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Uh, and say, this makes so much sense. And that's why giving a couple of weeks between or whatever, it gives you a chance to begin, if that's one of yours, to begin to say, hey, I don't have to be under this. I don't have to be under this darkness. I don't have to be under this discouragement. Can I, I can be on top of this because we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And yet so many of us are conquered. There's something wrong. I mean, either the Bible's wrong there or somehow we're missing it. And I think we're missing it. So I'd like to pray and dedicate our next weeks. I don't know how many I'm going to do. I'm just one at a time, and they're not going to be difficult, I promise you, uh, because it's so easy to, you know, it's easy to give a complicated message. The more complicated I give you, the more I wax eloquent and the more, well, he's educated. <laughs> I'm educated beyond my own means, you know, and come on, you know, I just, I need to, how do, how do I get victory in my life? How do I deal with this in my life? I know this is going on. And the enemy has really gotten a foothold. And we're told not to let him have footholds in our life. So I want to pray. And uh, and I this is the introduction that uh, Paul said, we all wrestle demonic spirits. So everybody that's in the church is wrestling. Either you're winning or you're not. That's it. And the, the battle is on. It's not all of what Christianity is about, but it's a big one. And I'm glad the army trained me better than I, as a pastor, trained my congregation for the battle that they were facing. I wasn't trained either. So I didn't know. I just thought it was normal. You'd have these thoughts and discouragements and depression and all this garbage stuff. Father, uh, I just thank you 
for the opportunity of correcting what I did wrong. And Lord, there's so many churches that the battle is never mentioned. And yet the congregation is being all shattered, divorces and marriages are falling apart, teenagers in rebellion, all this stuff going on. And there's no class. There's no saying, hey, do you realize you're, you're on a boat to Vietnam and you need to learn to understand about the tools that God has given you so that you can overcome and not be overcome. In Jesus' name, amen.